Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I'm Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Welcome. Today I'm doing a little experiment. I am recording this on video and I'm putting it in my Facebook group. Why am I doing that? Today we are talking about systems, habits and routines. And I know that I have addressed this before, but you know what? I absolutely love systems, habits and routines. And I want to break down a few myths and objections that people have about systems. So in my Facebook group, which if you're not in my Facebook group, come and join because we're having so much fun there at the moment. And I have to say, I'm really enjoying it. I have to say, I'm a little bit social media phobic. I'm a bit like, oh, I don't really know what to do. But we're just having fun there. A group of mums, parenting people, thinking about healthy life and really enjoying it. And it's a bit strange. It's called Fit and Fabulous Families with Dr. Orlina, but it's facebook.com groups slash healthy, happy parenting. I need to sort that out. Now, what happened was last week I posted a little question and I said, any mummers stay up till stupid o'clock because it gives them me time. And so many people said, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Now, I totally, totally hear you. And this podcast is for you because I want to show you how it can be different and how really and truly this all comes back to routines, habits and systems. 
Now, one of the objections I hear about routines is people say to me, oh, I don't like a routine because I want time for dot, dot, dot. I want time to be creative or I want time to be able to do this thing or that thing. And my response to you is that's why you want systems, habits and routines, because you want to create your ideal routine which includes time for all of those things so that you do have time to be doing those things. In fact, after you've listened to this podcast, you realise that when you've got the right routine, then not only do you have more energy, but you also have more time for doing all of those things that you want to do. And you know what? Your routine is your routine. So if you say, you know, I want time to play the piano and you say, okay, I'm going to play piano after the kids have gone to sleep and you decide you're going to read a book again, that's absolutely fine. That's your me time. But what you really want to make sure is that you are scheduling in your me time because it is so, so important. And so is your sleep. So one of the big issues with this staying up late to get your me time is that has a big knock-on effect of going to bed late, not getting enough sleep. And we all know, well, I can tell you what I'm like when I haven't had enough sleep. I'm like this big, angry bear. And I know that I don't have the capacity to deal with my kids. When my kids come in, they scream, they shout, as kids do. If I'm tired and I haven't slept well, I'm far more likely to snap at them. Whereas where I'm refreshed, I would have jumped up, gone for a run, done my seven minute workout, whatever it is. And I come back and I am there for them. And I can deal with those big things without it spiraling down that negative plug hole that I'm always talking about. So sleep is one of the really important things. It's one of my four pillars. So just to remind you, I know you've heard my four pillars, but my four pillars are nutrition, exercise, sleep, and emotions and mindset. So what I want to talk to you today is about habits. Now, habits are a double-edged sword because we all do things out of habit but we also do things out of habit. Now, what on earth do I mean by that? Let's take a step back and have a look at our brains. Now, don't worry, this is going to be quite a simple neurophysiology lesson. Now, we like to think of ourselves as this one person. I make decisions doing this. This is the kind of thing that I do. In this one situation, this is the way that my brain is going to work. And what we mean by that is our prefrontal cortex. We actually have different areas of the brain. So our prefrontal cortex is that thinking part that makes plans and uses an awful lot of our brain power and energy, uses a lot of glucose to be functioning, to use our thinking bit. It's really, it's like driving in first gear, you know, or second gear. It's really taking up a lot of our time and thought power. And it does things like this. This is what your brain might say, your prefrontal cortex, your thinking part of your brain might say, hey, it's a really good idea to give up chocolate. We're going to give up chocolate for an entire month. The reason we're going to give up chocolate is because I can see that I've got into this bad habit of eating chocolate and it's not supporting my weight loss and my health goals. So we're giving up chocolate. That's it. It's a really good idea. Now we have other parts of our brain. We're just going to lump them together here and we're going to call them our habit brain our subconscious brain that we're not aware of doing. And the joy of this is that we can do things on automation so efficiently. We don't think about brushing our teeth. It's just something we do. We don't really think about showering in the morning. There's so many things that we do on autopilot that we don't think about. And that's great because that part of our brain 
doesn't use up so much energy. It just does it. We just find ourselves doing things. And it's a really interesting, this is the exciting bit about understanding how habits are formed. When you have a habit, that's it. You're just doing it without thinking. So it might be that you've decided to give up chocolate and you're doing really, really well, but your normal routine is to buy chocolate when you stop on the way back from work, fill up your car and you go to the, what I call the garage, the petrol station and buy a chocolate bar. Now, you might be doing that, thinking about something else, and then you walk out of the garage and you've got a chocolate bar in your hand and you think, oh, how did that happen? That's just the power of habit. You're in that position, you're in that situation, your habit brain just takes over and your thinking brain is going, I don't want chocolate, we don't eat chocolate now, we've given up chocolate. And your habit brain's just like, oh, we do chocolate now. And so you've got these two different parts. Now, the beauty of this is that when we're using our prefrontal cortex to do all of those things, it might be thinking about how you're going to lose weight. It might be, oh my goodness, what am I going to cook my kids for dinner? It might be whatever your issue is right now on how to live more healthy. How can I do this? How can I make this happen? You're using your prefrontal cortex. You're driving yourself in first gear. And once you can just shift all of that and go to, okay, all of this is automated. It's all just on habit. Suddenly you open up that space that you can use to do all of those things that you want to do. So be creative or read your books or play with your kids because you no longer have to think about it. That is automated. And that is the power of habits. Now, the downside of habits is we may have bad habits. Smoking being a really good example of of a bad habit. Now, I know that smoking is very addictive, but it's also a really powerful habit. Whatever your habit is, it might be drinking wine, it might be eating chocolate, it might be sitting on the TV and never doing any exercise. But the problem with these not so great habits is that they take over. So you make a decision to say, okay, I'm going to change my habits and you do really well using your prefrontal cortex and then things happen, life gets in the way, busy, 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 and suddenly you're back to your old habits. This is what I call the wobbly bridge from A to B, from where you are now to where you want to get to. You have to go along this wobbly bridge until you get to that place where your habits are totally, totally cemented in. And your habits are what will happen when things go wrong? So for example, we can look back over the last year, which has been a remarkable, incredible, extraordinary year for the entire world. And so the question is, what were your habits that you fell into then? Were they eating vegetables and eating healthily? Because that's just normal. If that's what you do normally, that's what you're going to do, even when things go wrong? Or are your habits to fall back on the chocolate and the pizza and the all the other things? In which case, that's how your habits are going to pull you. Now, I'm not saying this with any blame. It's just where it is. Lots of us, we all have habits that are more healthy and habits that are less healthy. But once we can consciously write our habits to be, okay, these are the ones that I actually want to pick. These are the ones that are serving my goals of being healthy and living a long life and losing weight and doing all of those things. And really and truly understanding that the other habits, well, we can say goodbye to those now. I often recommend doing a habit audit to see where you are in your life. So I hope I have shown you that routine systems and habits are really the answer to this issue. And what you want to be doing is freeing up your prefrontal cortex, your thinking brain, and just basically, it's like 
giving it all to an assistant. Can you imagine if you had an assistant who did all that stuff that you didn't want to do? You didn't want to think about what to cook for dinner. You didn't want to have to prepare it. You didn't want to clean the house. You've paid somebody to do it. They're doing it for you. They've taken care of doing it. Now, obviously, it's slightly more complicated than that because you do have to think a little bit about what to cook for dinner. You do actually have to cook dinner. But you can do it in a way that is, this is just routine. This is just what I do. And now I'm going to work out how I can enjoy doing the things that I have to do. Okay, so that's the basic concept of habits. Now, I want to talk a little bit about habits and how you create habits and how you go from where you are across the Robbley Bridge, the rickety bridge to, okay, these habits are now concreted in. And I want to go back and have a little think about that. Oh my goodness, I haven't got time for me time. What's happening there? Now, if you're thinking about, oh my goodness, I haven't got time for me time. The first thing you need to do is really take a step back and have a look at your whole life and really get clear with yourself. What do you want in your life? What does that me time look like? Design your entire perfect life. I love this exercise. It's great. And it's worth doing every year or every now and then because things change and we build on our habits and there's always another thing to do or we slip back and think, okay, I really need to nail this now. So what does it look like to have time that fulfills you? What is it that recharges your batteries? Now, I have heard people say um, that you could think a little bit more about we time rather than me time. But I would put to you that everybody needs something that fulfills them. Now, it might be that you really love your job and that's fine. But I would also suggest you need something different, whether it's coloring or going for a walk. Exercise is a great thing because actually you're doing two things. You're exercising and you're giving yourself some me time. But what is it that you want to do with your time? If you had an hour a day what would you do with it? Now, you might say to me, I don't have an hour a day and it's absolutely impossible. Okay, this is a theoretical idea. What is it you want to do? Is it reading a book? Is it doing some yoga or some Pilates? Have a think and get clear with that. And then you need to go back and you need to rearrange your day. And this is where things get a little bit tricky and where it can be useful to have somebody to help you guide you through this process because changing one habit is relatively easy. It's not that easy, but it's something that you can do by yourself. But when you think, okay, I want to really change my routine, how am I going to do that? And it's much better when you have a system. So on an interesting note, after Easter, I'm going to be doing an amazing challenge, which I'm super excited about. And it's called the Healthy You, Healthy Family Habit Challenge. And we're going to be going through all of this in more detail and helping you change one habit. So I'm excited about that. And I will tell you more. That's after Easter. So let's have a little think about habits and how they work. As I've said, as I've sort of mentioned, habits are not so much driven by us as we're in a situation and we find ourselves doing something. And that situation, that thing is called a cue. This is the thing that leads us to do things. And so the two parts of a habit that you need to look at are the cues and the rewards. So a cue is something that makes you think, okay, this well, it doesn't make you think, but it nudges you to do that. And habits will have different cues and it might be that you have more than one. So for example, I have recently changed what the time I have my coffee. I used to have coffee at about mid-morning with my morning snack. Now I have it when I come back from my morning ride, drop the kids off at school, come back and have coffee. Um, so I'm having only one cup of coffee rather than two cups of coffee. But coffee is a cue for me to have snack. So I find myself coming in and going... I had breakfast about an hour ago. I really don't need a snack, but I'm having coffee. So 
I want to eat a snack. It's just my brain goes coffee, snack, coffee, snack. That's kind of what happens. And I need to be clear about going, okay, snack later on, (laughs) or, you know, tricking myself into changing that habit cue. So one of the ways, one of the things you need to do is be aware of your cues. What is it? So it might be put kids to bed, sit down in front of the television and watch television. And things like Netflix use this cue. They do this. They just play the next one so that you sit down. The cue to carry on watching is the next one that's coming on. And they know that this is just a habit and that people do this. Whereas if you've got, it actually stops, there's some advertisements, it's a break for you and it will be a cue to turn the television off. So one of the things about cues is you need to develop a a certain amount of self-awareness as to what your own cues are, because they're different for different people. Now, the other thing about habits is rewards. Now, rewards are super important. And this comes down to dopamine. So in that particular time, when you're going across that rickety bridge, you want to be rewarding your brain. What you want to do is obviously, what's a habit? You repeat it, you repeat it, you repeat it, you repeat it. But it's not enough just to keep repeating it. You need to repeat it with a certain amount of reward. That is internal reward. And you get a dopamine release. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that basically is the the feel good, the, the reward center. That's slightly simplified, but it will do as an analogy for today. Now, dopamine only lasts a really small, short period of time. So it has to be an immediate reward. It can't be a long reward. And it needs to be something that's important for you. It can't be something that somebody else has, an external one. So for example, if your doctor tells you that you need to do some exercise in order to reduce your blood pressure, that's unlikely to help you create an exercise routine unless you're really excited to do that because you want to reduce your your blood pressure and you're motivated to do that. If you're motivated, that's an internal reward to do that. So once we're walking across this rickety bridge, rewards are are useful. However, once the habit is concreted, the reward disappears and that's when we just do it. So the rewards are useful in changing your habits, but they aren't re- they aren't useful once that habit is totally concreted, which is why those habits that we've already established are ones that are going to bring us back because we don't need the reward for doing it. We're just busy doing it on autopilot. Now, there is so much that we can talk about with habits. They're really, really interesting and there's so much amazing research about them and different ways of doing it. But essentially, simply what you want to be doing is making your easy habits, sorry, your good habits easy to do and your bad habits difficult to do, particularly in that time when you're walking along that wobbly bridge. So this is where I think routines and systems and habits all come together because the more obstacles you put in front of the habit, the more difficult it's going to be. Let me give you an example. Back in normal life, when the world was different. Well, even now, my children still go to school two times a week. And I used to, the swimming pool has now changed its hours, so I don't do this anymore. But we used to walk from home to school. And I would then drop my children off, go to the swimming pool, do my swimming class and do the whole thing in reverse. So my habit really starts when I take my children to school. Now, clearly, I'm not going to not take my children to school. But I've put myself on this train where I don't really have to think about it. In fact, it's more difficult for me to say, oh, I'm not going swimming today because I really have to 
convince myself why I'm not going to do that. And I have to say, I'm not going to do this right now. I have to find something different to do rather than just stick to the habit, which is the habit that I've got. And so it's really, really easy. Another really obvious habit creating system is how we shop. And this is a really interesting um, observation that I go to market and I buy vegetables. Now, what can I do? I can buy vegetables. So I have a habit of buying vegetables because I've gone to the market where they only sell vegetables. If you buy your vegetables from a supermarket, there are so many other exciting things that you can buy. And supermarkets are very good at knowing our habits and our buying habits. And so they don't put the vegetables right in front or next to the aisle where you're waiting to queue. It's never full of apples. Oh yeah, I'm just going to get an extra apple. It's always full of sweets. I'm going to get an extra sweet. So they know what our buying habits are and they spend loads of money working out what our buying habits are and making sure that they put the expensive treat food in our eye level and you have to go out and seek the fruit and vegetables. So you might be going and buying fruit and vegetables, but have a look at what's in the rest of your basket. And I suspect the supermarket has got you in the habit of buying other things as well. But those are examples of how you can make it easy to do a good habit. And an example of how to make it difficult to do a bad habit. So for example, you've decided you want to not watch television in the evening, but you know that you're going to sit down and think, okay, I'm going to open a glass of a bottle of wine and have a glass of wine and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch television. Well, how about you put your television in the cupboard and you hide the remote control so that it's really difficult for you to be able to just sort of flop there sitting on the sofa. You're going to find yourself on the sofa going, Oh, and now I need to go and find my television. And now I need to um, go and find my remote control and stop buying wine so that it's not in your house for a period of time. And then that makes it more difficult for you to have that habit. You have to consciously think, right, I am actually going to go to the shop and buy some wine and then I can drink some wine. So just some examples of how really and truly it's all about making it easy for you and making it more difficult to do the things that you don't want to do. So I hope this was helpful. And I really hope that to all those people who say, yes, I stay up till stupid o'clock because I want a bit of me time, that you can see that systems, habits and routines are the answer. And the other thing you can do is wake up early and say, I'm going to have my me time early. And the good thing about that is if you create that habit of bedtime, you go to bed on time, you wake up refreshed, you have your me time, you still get your me time, but it's not impinging on your sleep. So just an idea for you. But I really hope that you can see that systems, habits and routines are the way forwards. Now, if you want to chat to me about any of this, feel free to email me at orlina at drorlina.com. I've stopped doing my um, goal settings because we're nearly at the end of January, but I am happy to chat to people for 30 minutes. If you're interested in thinking, okay, I need some help with this, please, can you help me? You can have a free chat for 30 minutes. So have a lovely day and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. so much for listening to this podcast episode. Remember, you can sign up for Dr. Orlina's Simple System to Healthy Living for Families at drorlina, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash simple dash system. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share it with somebody else who would also benefit so that I can reach more people and help more people live healthily. And lastly, if you are interested in working with a coach, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com and we can set up a time to chat. 
absolutely no obligation. I love chatting, so come and chat with me. Bye-bye.